Well, uh, I was born and raised in Indiana, and uh, so that that alone should tell you something about what I'm getting ready to say. I am not a sailor. Um, I don't know how to sail. I don't know how to navigate waterways. Uh, But there are some concepts that I do understand. And one would be this. If you find yourself in a large body of water where you can see no shoreline, uh, once you, if you're able to obtain a proper heading, you ought to hold fast to that and not trust your feelings on the matter. Right? When you have, have you know, it's one thing if you have, you know, I can see this thing I'm aiming at and I can keep my eyes on it. But if I don't have anything to keep my eyes on, um, and someone says, go this direction, and hands me a map and says, if you head this, keep this heading, you'll arrive at your destination, your goal. Well, then I better figure out how do I keep my heading, right? If I want to get there. Because if I just kind of go, well, boy, I don't know. It feels like it should be more this way to me. Or more that way. Well, um, if I follow my feelings on the matter, I'm going to be lost at sea. Hopelessly, I'm going to be wandering in the sea like the uh, Israelites did in the desert, um, and uh, it'll be a hopeless case for sure. Well, in Hebrews, we are told today to hold fast. Hebrews is set out, laid out for us that um, that Christ, God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who is our all-sufficient Savior, and He is our constant advocate in heaven and our constant help on earth. And so we have this this promise laid before us that because Christ is sufficient and because Christ is still our advocate, he, he, He was raised from the dead and is our advocate in heaven, that His promises are sure and steadfast, that He is not going to fail on them, and, and that what our hope in Him for eternal life, our hope in Him for forgiveness of sins, our hope in Him that we become children of God uh, is a sure thing that we need to hold fast to. And we, there are a lot of things that are going to appeal, for, um, appeal to us and say, hold fast to this, hold fast to me, hold fast to this concept or this idea or this person or whatever. There are many things that are being preached to us from a world uh, that is corrupted by sin saying, hold fast to this. And with the promise that this will never let you down. But the only promise it makes good on is that it lets you down. It falls short. But God is a faithful God. He has been tested through time, through generations, through all seasons and shown himself faithful again and again and again and again, 100%. And so on the matter that we're going to talk about today of holding fast and, and the matter that continues to be discussed as we get into chapter 11 of, of our faith in him, uh, we are not a people that believe blindly with no evidence, that someone told us, hey, here's, here's God, believe in Him, and we just go, okay, right? But rather, we have evidence throughout history. 
We have evidence even in our own lifetime if we have been walking with Him. We have the testimony of those we know. We have the testimony of those who have come before us for, for generation upon generation that have proved out the faithfulness of God. It's, like, um, it, it's very much like uh, the idea of looking at a map. Do you need to have been somewhere already to get there um, efficiently? No. Not if you have a good map. A good map, if you follow it, will lead you to that destination even if you've never been there before. So what are you doing? If you're navigating based on a map, what are you doing? You're placing your faith in the person that made the map or the peoples that made the map, trusting that they've been there and they know the way. So I'm going to trust what's been proved out over time to be the way. Um, Now, when you get into... uh, some of our, the navigation services available, sometimes they can uh, uh, send you the wrong direction, I hear. But, um, but we, have, we have maps that are based on the testimony, based on the experience of those who have navigated that way before, found the way there, and now are showing us travel this, travel this way. Well, the Bible has done that for us as it relates to God, as it relates to eternal life, as it relates to forgiveness of sins. And that's really what Hebrews has been laying out before us here. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10. We're gonna, we'll start in verse 19. We're really going to focus on verse 23 today. But we're going to start with verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There are three, um, I'm really resisting the opportunity to do some really corny puns right now. Uh, you can, you'll know it in your head without me even saying it. So, there are three places here where it says let us. So there are three things here that we're going to, uh, that I want to point out here that it says based on who Christ is. Since we have Christ, since we have a way now uh, of free access to God made for us through the sacrifice of Christ, And since we now have a heavenly advocate and an earthly help in Christ Jesus, let us do three things. Let us draw near to God. We looked at that last week. Let us draw near to Him. The second one is the one we're going to focus on today. It is let us hold fast the confession of our hope. 
our faith and our hope in Christ Jesus. And the, and the third thing is, let us consider how to stir each other up to love and good works. So these are three really action points for us based now on the testimony of Hebrews up to this point. Three reasonable, logical ways for us to respond to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. One is draw near to God because that way has been made free for us. Free access to God, so draw near to him. Second one today that we're going to look at is hold fast. Hold fast to our faith and our hope in Christ. So let's, let's dig down into that a little more. So hold fast. Uh, I think we get the idea of, of, the, uh, of just that concept of holding fast. Let us hold fast. That encouragement of, uh, of not letting go. Holding tightly. Um, but I think also it, it would be good. I mentioned that the way uh, earlier, the example of, of navigating um, a large body of water that um, that it's holding fast a course, which is I think the concept that Hebrews lays out for us. Because that, uh, if you remember, one of the things that keeps coming up over and over throughout Hebrews is persevere, persevere, persevere. So it's it's not just holding on to something, but um, but I think I mean the, that's the right idea. But it but I think a better a better way for us to really uh, understand this in the context of Hebrews is to hold on to the way in which we are to go. Hold on to that course that has been laid out for us. Hold on to, that, to our course of faith and hope in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, and we've seen this in Hebrews too already, that there is, there is another option for us other than holding fast. And it is holding loose or not at all. Um, but to hold fast to our faith and our hope is something that requires determination and purpose and, and the help of God himself for us to hold fast. Now these are um, the one who holds fast is the one who is convinced that the prize of Christ is worth every earthly inconvenience and suffering. That when I compare the, the things that I might have to trial through um, for the sake of Christ compared with having Christ, that I, I consider, as Paul says, I consider, I consider it like rubbish the things that I have to, to gain earthly speaking as opposed to that which I gain in Christ. So no matter what it costs me, that Christ is more valuable than that. To hold fast is the action of a person convinced that God's promises are, are sure, that they're never failing. Think of Psalm uh, 117. You might even want to memorize this one. I'll give you a pick. You can memorize Psalm 117 or Psalm 119. You take your pick. 
Um, turn with me to Psalm 117. Um, and you might want to just stick a mark in Psalm because we're going to come back there in a little bit. And I think about all the all that was written in the Psalms. And many of them are, are fairly extensive. And in fact, I mean, you look at 118, 119, even 116, um, that they, they say a fair amount. A fair amount is said. But then here we get to Psalm 117, and we have all of two verses. A very, very short psalm. Yet, what is said here was written on purpose. That we have a, a complete psalm right here in Psalm 117. Now, I say that because um, at first glance, we, we kind of might think, well, it doesn't seem to really tell us all that much. When we consider that someone took the time right here to write this down, and then we reflect on what, what would cause someone to do that. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. The end. Somebody, perhaps it was, was David here, but somebody was so moved by the faithfulness of God as to take a, a, a moment, I don't know how long it, it took him here, but, but to just record their response to the faithfulness of God. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol Him, all peoples, for great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Now, this this stands out to me because I think sometimes the faithfulness of God can be lost on us. And yet here is a psalm that just says, God is faithful. Worship Him. Extol Him. Honor Him. Praise Him. Because His steadfast love is great towards us and His faithfulness is enduring. Our hope and our faith rests in an eternal sovereign God who is faithful. And his faithfulness has been proved out over generation after generation after generation. So we're not putting our our hope and our trust in something that is not time-tested. In someone who just showed up lately making big promises, but not having a track record. But as one who created the earth, who created... Mankind, male and female, he created them in his image. Who sent his son to dwell among us, to give his life for us. And from beginning to end is a God of faithfulness who does not abandon his people. So 
So we hold fast to Him. And we hold fast because we know that He's going to come through just like He has always before. Now, I think that holding fast for in the perspective of Hebrews, you know, remember we talked a few weeks ago about there's three phases of, of sanctification. And the, the middle one is the one we're living in right now. So we have something that's already done, which is that God has saved us in Christ. He saved us from sin. The, the one that is future, that's going to happen, it's, 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 it's almost like as sure as done, it's, that, it's, it's certain, and that is that we are going to, to be with Him for eternity. And the, the one in the middle is that we're now learning to live like that which God has made us, and that is children of Him. We're learning how to become like Christ right now. And in that phase of, of sanctification, in between where God saved us and heaven, that's where we reside. And in that, in that space, there's sometimes we can lack some perspective. Think of Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The perspective from the valley is much different than the perspective from the, from the mountaintop. In the valley, you start to wonder if you're going the right direction. Um, you start to wonder what, what kinds of things are lurking around, what kind of obstacles lay in your, in your way, um, what kind of dangers there are. From up above, you, you can see all of that. But when you're walking in the midst of it, there's a very different perspective I don't know how many times I've tried to get up to the top of a mountain and, and it just, there's just still more trees and more uphill. And you keep going thinking I should be there by now. But I know if I keep going up, it, it only goes up for so long, right? Eventually I will get to the top. But in the midst of that, uh, I, can't, I can't see. Maybe it's... 50 yards, maybe it's five miles for all I know. Like, I can't see because of the trees. And the hill just keeps going. But we know that God is faithful. And we walk not because we can see it all. We hold fast to our course, not because we can see it all and make sense of it all, but because we know He is faithful and sovereign over it all, and we can trust Him. We can entrust ourselves in His care, in His hands, and to the course that He laid out for us. So it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Um, The confession of our hope. This is something that happens with both the heart and in the mouth. Romans chapter 10 verses 8 through 13 says but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The confession being spoken of here in Hebrews chapter 10, 23 is that confession we make, both with our heart and with our mouth, that Jesus is Savior and Lord. In Acts chapter 23, it's said a little different way, but says the same thing. Acts 2.38, I don't know what I just said. Did I say 23? Anyways, Acts 2.38, when the people appealed that hey, now you've, you've told us about Jesus, now what do we do about what you've told us? And we realize we're sinners, we realize God sent Jesus Christ for sinners, but now what? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When it says repent and be baptized, there's, there's two things that it's re- representing here that are happening, and both of them are spoken of in Romans, and that is that there's a confession both at the heart level and the mouth level. And so baptism is, is not just a thing which you do, you are making a proclamation that Jesus is Savior and Lord of me. So, when he says repent and be baptized, it is at the heart level to believe in Christ for forgiveness of sins and turn away from your sin. And then even externally that's going to come out in the way of baptism whereby you make a profession of faith in front of others where you say Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And so Hebrews here in chapter 10, speaking to the church, is saying, hold fast to that confession that you made. Hold fast to that confession of your heart and of your mouth that Jesus is Savior and Lord. Hold fast to that. You know, sometimes we can... We can wonder um, if God is uh, seeing all that goes on in our day, if He sees our, if He's acquainted with our struggles, and and of course Hebrews has already spoken to that and said He is, He does see, and He is acquainted with what the the sufferings that we will go through. But sometimes we need to be reminded of that. And where we can really fall into danger of not holding fast is when we, when we begin to forget the things that God has done and who He is. Psalm chapter 33, um, if you're still in Psalm there, if you're not, go back there. Psalm 33, verse 13 I think a lot of these things that we're talking about today, the psalmists have grappled with. 
And as they've grappled with it, they have come out, come out every time on the end that, but God is faithful. Psalm 33, verse 13, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Now, we might be tempted, if that's all we read, we might be tempted to think that God is somewhere lofty high and just looks out kind of over the tip of his nose at all these little things going on down here. But if we keep reading, maybe our perspective might change. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. He is the God who sees. He is the God who hears. He is the God who is present and not abandoning. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that we have this... uh, We see this evidence of the faithfulness of God. And the faith is the the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We We don't see our course laid out before us. We don't know the number of our days. We don't know the twists and turns between here and the time the Lord calls us home. What we do know is that He's going to be faithful throughout all of that. That he's going to be with us throughout all of that. That he's going to be our constant advocate in heaven throughout all of that. And our constant help on earth. For he who promised is faithful. You know, we can be tempted to waver off course when things get difficult. Um when the only perspective we seem to have is that there's some difficulty we're going through or some trial that we're facing. But God is faithful. You know, Moses' generation, they lost sight of that. They were, it seems, guided not by their belief in God's faithfulness and, um, and their experience of seeing God's faithfulness, But rather, um, it seems that they were guided by their own reasoning and their own desires. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 3, earlier in Hebrews, we were warned about this becoming like them. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. 
And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. If you pay attention, you hear a similar message over and over in Hebrews to the one that we're looking at today. Hold fast. God is faithful. Do not follow the course of those who have been unfaithful, who put their hope in other things and their trust in other things. But keep your hope and faith firmly in Christ. Let us hold fast to our faith and our hope in Him, remembering and not forgetting. That was the charge so many times against that faithless generation was that they did not remember the faithfulness of God. So I want to ask you, how are you remembering the faithfulness of God? It's not a rhetorical question. It's a serious question. With what, in what intentional ways are you remembering the faithfulness of God? Whether it's the faithfulness of God as recorded for us in the Scriptures, or the faithfulness of God that you have witnessed in your, own, in your own sphere, in your own life, or your own family, your own uh, ha- happenings in your life. In what, in what ways are you purposefully remembering the faithfulness of God? Do you have pictures? Perhaps you have some pictures that you keep that remind you of those times where God was faithful Do you have scriptures that you keep before you that remind you of the faithfulness of God proved out over generations? Maybe you journal and you write down and record those faithful things that God has done time and time again where He has shown up and been faithful to you. Do you tell one another Do you share it, whether it be with a friend or a family member? Do you talk about it? You know, early on in Deuteronomy, that was one of the charges given to God's people was to ever keep these things before them. To not be silent about the things God has done, but always be bringing it up in some way. Whether it was plastering it on a wall, or whether it was talking about it throughout the day that always being brought up was a remembrance of the faithfulness of God. And I believe that if we become a people who do not intentionally remember the faithfulness of God, we will become a people who do not hold fast to our confession in Christ. So if we want to be a people who do not go away, go the way of Moses' generation, we need to be a people who do something different than they did. 
And one big distinguishing difference is be a people who remember the faithfulness of God. Who find ways throughout the way we live to place in front of us the remembrance of his faithfulness. To pass it on to other generations. Whether it be our children or grandchildren or the kids next door. That we find ways to pass along the faithfulness of God. It may be that you've never actually made that confession. And maybe you don't really have anything to hold fast to yet. What God is making his appeal to you. That you become a child of God today by placing your faith in him and receiving his forgiveness. And I want to urge any of you who may not have have done this yet. And I especially want to encourage our younger people here with this encouragement. It is easy to grow up in the church and in a Christian family and disregard or lose, lose sight that God is calling you to the family of God. It's easy to grow up in a Christian family and in the church and think that all, of, all is good and I'm good and God's good and, and miss the fact that God wants you to call out to him. Your family may have set a good example for you. The church may have set a good example for you of calling out to him and trusting in him. But don't let it be lost on you that he wants you to become a child of God by placing your faith in him. So whether young or old, today, let today be the day where you confess your faith in Jesus Christ. And begin to hold fast to the promises he's laid out for us. For he who promised is faithful. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, in your steadfast love, we thank you for your enduring patience with us. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be a people who hold fast to this confession that we've made in Christ Jesus as our Savior and Lord and the hope that we have of of your presence with us, the hope that we have that we have been made a child of God and forever belong to you, the hope that we have of eternal life, of of one day being um, free from from the things that that just make our hearts weary this side of heaven. That there is a day of rest coming where we will be free from all of that. Lord, help us to hold fast to these things. And Lord, help us to be a people who intentionally remember all the ways that you have been faithful to us. Lord, just in this little church, there's enough to write volumes on your faithfulness. And, Lord, I just ask that you would make all of those things by the power of your Spirit to bubble up in our heart and in our mind to remember those faithful things that you have done and that you would spur us on to be a people who intentionally um, find ways 
to, to keep those things ever before us. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we... Your relationship with God is not a transactional one where you do this and then He gives you that. Your relationship with God is that of a perfectly loving Father who is ever patient with you and gentle and kind even though you sometimes kind of want to pull at the reins and go your own way, that He is faithful. Even when you feel like your strength is utterly spent, He is faithful and strong and present. Do not lose hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. If you feel like... um, you're having trouble holding fast to Christ um, today. I'm going to stay up front here, and I'd like to just pray with you and encourage you in that. Your God is faithful. And if today you've never actually confessed that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, and you've never accepted Him as, as, uh, as such, I want to encourage you today to do that. And uh, again, please come up and talk to me um, that I can pray with you as you tell him that you want to become a child of God and give your life to him, to hold fast to his promises because he's faithful. Lord, bless and keep you.